Welcome to Two Ages in the Facts, where University of Georgia's Family Consumer Science agents, Leslie Weaver-Thomas of Chatham County and Carrie Vandiver of Ware County, host friendly discussions on reliable, relatable, research-based topics on real-life issues. Hi, Carrie. Hey, Leslie. I'm so excited to say hi, Carrie. She's back. I'm back. She made it. Welcome back. Thank you. Missed you, Fred. What? I missed you. Oh, I missed you. <laughs> I did. So tell us all about the wonderful world of maternity leave <laughs> and your new baby girl, Margaret. We welcome Margaret to the show. Oh, we have a new addition. Margaret's the sweetest thing. She's the best baby that I've ever had. And I have this, I've had wonderful babies and I yes. love my boys so much. Y'all know I do. I talk about them all the time. Right. But, um, but there's something about a little girl. She's just so Aww. sweet and she smiles and she's got the prettiest eyelashes and oh. It <laughs> she makes you want to melt. Heart. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to do all the things for her. So. And how cool was it that you have your third child is a girl and the baby? Like how great... How great uh, yeah, is that? Yeah, so she'll get like all those spoils, right? Yes, 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 yes. How great is that? So we're so happy that you're back and we're happy that Margaret is here and healthy and you're healthy and that we're back rocking and rolling. We tried we tried to do our best to keep it together while you were gone. So. Oh, man. Leslie, you did such a great job while I was gone. That episode with Wade was, was I know. fun and exciting. And uh, we got, I think, a some new listeners during I think we did yeah people wanted to hear Wade because he I know because popular (laughs) he's prominent he's a rock star we just can't take it he has his own he has his own fan base he doesn't even know it he really does (laughs) (laughs) so this episode well this is May welcome to May first of all this is, I've never had a May like this in Georgia in a very long time. Is it still cool where you are? It's so cool. We were talking about yesterday. It's cool and it's windy and um, we have a family reunion this weekend. Oh, fun. It's always hot, 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 but I've got my fingers crossed that it's going to stay nice like this because we're outside a lot of the time. So Okay. So are y'all doing the whole weekend? Cool and, no, just Saturday. Well, there's a, a, a cousin's gathering Friday night. Oh, fun. Um, at our at our cousin Al's that just sounds oh, like it's gonna be a, it sounds like it's gonna be a really good party yes, you know those yes. cousins every time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the reunion is on Saturday so we have two uh two events oh well fine well hopefully I'll have lovely weather and sunshine but it's been like it's it hasn't been it's been breezy it's been windy here um, sometimes you get an overcast, but it's been like a bit of sun, but I guess I'm thinking May and humidity and Georgia heat. We just don't have it yet. No, this is like the perfect spring weather. This is what you want it to feel like. That's true. I'm just trying to figure out when summer's going to hit. Is it, is it coming mid-May or It'll June? be a surprise. It'll, it'll I guess come it will be. tomorrow probably. And we'll all be. <laughs> now, cause now that we're talking about it, yeah. it's like a hundred degrees out. <laughs> Thanks a lot, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to May. And wherever you guys are, if it's breezy, if it's sunny, if it's still um, a little bit like, hey, I need a light jacket, enjoy and live in the moment because I'm sure the heat is coming. Mm. <laughs> but did you know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month? I did. You did. Okay. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> but I thought this would be a great episode for us to discuss um, mental health awareness and kind of how it originated and why is it so important? Um, and who's more fitting than a woman who just had a baby, right? <laughs> I've definitely had some ups and downs <laughs> right, the past right. few months for sure. <laughs> okay. And probably good ones. And yeah, 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 yeah. Probably good ones. So, yeah. um, this is the perfect month to discuss all of that. So mental health awareness month was established in 1949, um, which I did not know that has been around that long, uh, and is to increase awareness of the importance of mental, mental health and wellness in Americans' lives and to celebrate the recovery of mental health. Sometimes we always talk about, um, you know, mental health and how we go through it, but we never really talk about and celebrate 
those who have overcome it and those who are coping with it and those who have been trained to use the proper tools um, to get through it. So I think that's pretty good. I think we should really celebrate. um, Yeah, those who have have, um, made that triumph. Uh, For the past 20 years, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services um, Administration, which is S-A-M-H-S-A, um, has been recognized um, mental health awareness. So every May, um, to increase awareness, um, it is vital that the role of mental health plays in our overall health and wellness and our well-being. And that is a big part um, of us in our everyday. Do you agree with that, Carrie? I do. I agree. So for those who are wondering what exactly is mental health? Is it postpartum? Is it just feelings? Is it is it um, how I feel when I'm walking down the street? Mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. Um, it affects how we think, how we feel, and how we act. Okay. Um, and also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make healthy choices. What are some healthy choices, Gary? Exercising exercising uh what about what we eat yes what we eat what about healthy relationships i think that counts as healthy choices yes and i was gonna say sometimes a healthy choice is like stepping away from something for a minute right that's true right for yourself that's that's true that's true that's true um good example i was away in athens for like three or four days and then i came home on a friday evening and i went to work on that saturday And I was so excited when I got done with that Saturday event because I had me a nail appointment and I could not wait. I had a nail appointment and a toes appointment and I was just excited to go. And that was literally my mental health time. I was there for like three hours, the time of my life. Best part of May, I tell you that. So I truly believe that uh, making time for yourself matters. Uh, Mental health is important at every stage of life from childhood to adolescence, and even through adulthood. Um, I'm glad they say every stage of life because some people feel like, oh, we're their kids. What do they have to be stressed about? What do they have to feel about, right? Um, I don't know if you guys have even noticed that um, massage therapists, they're pushing now um, infant and baby massages, uh, saying that that will help them with their temperament. It helps with gas. It helps with their uh, emotions. So yeah. they're starting to help with mental health with even infants and babies at a young age. I have to remind myself all the time that my children are, you know, people. And and we do. You're right. We do forget a lot of times that they are people and they have in different ways, but sometimes in the same ways, they have experiences that make them feel things different ways or make them um do stress them out i know yes. poor wells get stressed about following rules and 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 performing i don't know if that's this yeah. not performing, but you know like making sure that he wants us Perfection. to be out of him mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he's real um mm-hmm. i see that happen when he gets anxious about things you know he's a person yes he, he yeah. has feelings and thoughts and worries and concerns just like we do as adults yes and we do we are parents in general are guilty about dismissing that and um and now we work really hard I I work really hard to try to remember Mm -hmm. that it needs to be considered with him too I think people I think people think oh I want to have a baby but remember these cute little babies they grow up to be real humans and Mm -hmm. real people that they need the tools to survive in society and in the world and with others. And I think I remember my mom always saying, you know, my goal was to raise you guys to be not great people, but likable people and withholding yes. citizens of society. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you may you're there's a there's every stage of life and your children and your kid or whatever. But you're growing to be a real person and an adult that people have to tolerate and deal with. And hopefully people can like you. So that's a plus. So I think that, I think that matters. You're right, Leslie. Do you, and I, this, this made me think about, um, I know we've mentioned before Dr. Dave with Utah State University mm-hmm. Extension, and he's, uh, he, he really focuses on um, human development and family life things. Mm-hmm. Um, he posted yesterday on the, on his Facebook page about um, being an emotional coach 
not mm-hmm. an emotion dismisser. And I felt really seen because it's like I said, like I, I am guilty of sometimes dismissing those emotions and I'm, and I'm trying really hard to not always be that way. But he, he posted, I just want to read, it says as parents, one of our greatest responsibilities is teaching our children to be emotionally intelligent. Emotional mm-hmm. intelligence is critical to your child's success in their interactions with others and their life. The best way to teach your child emotional intelligence is to be an emotion coach. Model it in your own emotional regulation and how you teach your child. It may not come naturally or easy, right? I just said that. But the long-term benefits are worth your while. And then he, um, there's like a whole bunch of like photos that you stream through, but it says how to be an emotion coach, not a dismisser. The dismisser is action-oriented. They don't want you to become emotional. Um, and they don't want to become emotional. I don't want to become emotional. I'm an emotion dismisser. I don't mean to be, but I am. And it says, see emotions as potentially destructive in themselves and in their children. The coach, on the other hand, is the opposite of that. They accept emotions and they explore emotions in themselves and in others, including their children. It says the first step in becoming an emotion coach is cultivating emotional intelligence in yourself. So Mm. you feel and express a wide range of emotions yourself. You model for your child how to handle emotions positively and model emotional responses that are rational and respectful. You apologize when you make mistakes. That's very important with children. Make sure that you, I have to apologize for things. Um, communicate empathy and narrate what you think your child might be feeling when they're struggling to verbalize their feelings. My, one of my girlfriends um, is really good about that with her children about saying, because, cause children, this is one of the things with them is that they're feeling all these emotions, but they don't know how to name what it is. They don't know how to express it. That's why it turns into sometimes mm-hmm. a bigger deal. Absolutely. So she's taken with her children and said, what you're feeling right now is disappointment because of x y or z right and that's why you or that's probably why you know this you're crying or whatever or you're you're withdrawn or whatever so she names the emotion she helps the child name the emotion right they can recognize why they're feeling the way they are Mm -hmm. so that when it comes to them the next time they can name it and say yes i'm really you know i'm really upset because this happened and does that make sense? It does. It does. And I'm not as good at that. I know I've said to my child before, I can't help you if you can't tell me what it is. Well, I right. help him know what it right. is. Right. Right. So, right. Well, um, when you said that, Carrie, I thought of, um, and I'm going to plug Elevate really quick because I thought about Elevate in relationships because emotional intelligence is something that we need, not just with our kids, but in everyday relationships, you need it in your 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 intimate or your partner relationships, mm-hmm. you need it in your workplace. Your workplace, um, emotional intelligence is becoming the new conversation when it comes to workforce development and professional development. So it's like back to the elevate statement. You know, when you're working with your partner, or someone, I feel when you do this, right? I receive or I this happens, and yeah. you know, still starting with those I feel statements really does make a difference on how to express yourself and to share and express maybe your mental state at the time, yeah. like you said, because you're so mm-hmm. upset to get it out. And the same thing, I love what you said in regards to um, not being an emotional dismisser, um, knowing how to receive it. These are the things that we need in the workplace because mm-hmm. even though we work for an organization we work with, we, we still work with people who have mm-hmm. emotions and have situations and are dealing with things and have their own mental health battles that they're trying to, some keep under wraps or some that's honest and open with it. So it's very clear that we are emotionally aware and re- receptive to those. And yes. I, I think that's a, a very, a very good point. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good. I like that. You know, that Dr. Dave, he's always has good stuff. He we really haven't mentioned Dr. David in a while. Call but him if you don't. Yes, yes, yes. We haven't mentioned Dr. David in a while, but he always has good stuff. Um, so to share 10 tips to boost your mental health, um, here's a few. Make a social connection, right? Especially face-to-face as a priority. And again, what we just said, um, that social connection of saying, looking at the person talking to them and saying, how do you feel? Or I feel this, you know, um, having that conversation, not just brushing them off, talking to them and they're giving you a, a serious conversation. Your back is turned. Stay active, stay active, stay engaged in the conversation with them um, or talk to someone, right? 
Um, stay active too as in working out and exercising, I think, as well as good for mental health. Mm-hmm. And then talk to someone, right? Um, if it's a friend or if it's a professional, if it's someone you trust, talk to someone. Um, appeal to your senses. That's a good one, right? Sometimes, you know, people say you sometimes you just need a good cry. Yeah, sometimes you do. Yeah, I, I've only aver- averaged like one or two good cries a year. But like, like, if I get one in the middle of the day, oh gosh, it's time. Like, you know, so, so, sometimes you really need a really good cry, right? Um, take up a relaxation practice. If that's treating yourself or going to get like to pamper your nails or toes or your haircut or whatever, treat yourself. Or if that's walking through the mall, you don't have to buy anything, but just window shopping or hanging out. But it can be shopping if you need it to be that. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, it can (laughs) be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Make leisure um, and um, make leisure a priority. You know, I think, and I may get in trouble for this, but I think (laughs) this is something that uh, someone said to me, like, oh, when you get home, you're so tired, you just feel bad for sitting down. And like, just, you feel bad for just relaxing and not doing anything because, oh, the house is junky or you need to fold clothes. You need to make dinner. You got to clean mm-hmm. bottles. You got to do it. You feel bad for not making that a priority, yeah. right? But it yeah. should be, don't you think? And I think, I think about like my mom and my grandmother and like how they used to come home and move and shake and do things. And I don't know if that's a generational thing. I don't know if it's cultural. I don't know if it's regional, but I feel like, especially with women, it's like, we feel bad to sit down and just say, okay, not today, you know? And you know, Leslie, I'm bad about too. I feel bad about sitting down. And so I passive aggressively will try to make Jeff feel bad. Yes. <laughs> That's not fair. Yes. You're he's absolutely right. Because a cred does the same thing. Cause he's like, well, you're, well, why are you been just sit? If I sit, our, our clothes are going to cave in on us. Like I, I just can't do That's that. Fall apart. <laughs> exactly. Where are the hangers? Like I can't sit because my motto is if I sit, it's over with. Nothing's going to get done. Like nothing. So it's like, are you? Do you want to eat today? Like, and not to say Jeff and Craig don't contribute because they do. They do. But I yeah. think men have a way better tactic to just really just say, you know what? Not today. Yeah. And that's something we need to try to pick up on. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah, we need to be more like them and stop trying to make them do what we do. <laughs> more like us. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good idea. <laughs> uh, eat brain health, eat a brain healthy diet to support strong mental health. So, you know, if you put junk in, you get junk out, right? Mm-hmm. So um let's make sure we're getting uh our fruits our vegetables probiotics yeah leafy greens our folic acid all of it like Mm -hmm. we just need to be sure that we're getting it and don't skimp on sleep i've seen years ago especially for women you know we need sleep like it's it's it it affects our skin it affects our body it affects our mental health uh women live longer if they sleep what six to eight hours a day um you need to sleep and i know we can go off of less sleep but we really need to try to average to get our sleep. It makes a difference. Yes. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Those are okay. good tips. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> I think that was great. <laughs> so um, this in the month of May, I hope everyone is a little more aware and conscious of Mental Health Awareness Month. And I've been seeing all kinds of ads and things on Instagram and social media, Facebook and things. Um, our news uh broadcast here has always been making like little small little corners of mental health notes and things so try to pick that up share it share it with others send a mental health text out this month just making sure that people know that hey the family and friends hey it's mental health awareness month do something for you take a time for you and hopefully that's a practice that they can kind of keep with them for the rest of the year so yeah so there you have it all right so Like Leslie and I were just discussing, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And people may not know that the University of Georgia Extension Service does have research and resources around mental health. A really important one that we would like to highlight is the College of Agriculture and Environmental Sciences work with rural stress and the mental health of farmers throughout the state. To talk about this, I'm delighted to be interviewing Jennifer Dunn University of Georgia Rural Health Agent. Hey, Jennifer. Hey. 
thank you for coming and joining us. Today. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> We're so happy for you to be on the show and for you to be with Extension. Thank you for yes. what you're doing in the state. Can you, do you mind telling us who you are and maybe um, a little about your background with mental health? Sure. So um, again, my name is Jennifer Dunn. I am um, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, my background in mental health started in the 90s. I was actually in Athens. Um, I, I worked for UGA um, while I was getting my undergrad and master's working with juvenile delinquents and doing therapy with them and their families. So that's where my career kind of really started um, after some internships and things like that. Um, I did that for seven years. I then, um, uh, my background is in child development and marriage and family therapy. So I took a job um, for a few years working in therapeutic foster care. So I worked with the youth and, and children who were severely neglected and abused. And that was a, um, a lot of people think that's a really hard job and it was, but I was always um, just amazed at their resiliency. So I didn't go home every night crying, <laughs> you know, like some people are like, that's so heavy and it is, but it was a very rewarding job and I'm so glad I did it. And then after that job, I, that was down and I moved to Florida while I was working on my PhD for marriage and family therapy. And, um, then I moved back to Georgia um, back in 2006 and started working for the Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities. So for the last 16 years, I worked with all the mental health providers in Southwest Georgia. So I was the regional services administrator. So I worked with um, all the mental health and developmental disability providers in the 24 counties of Southwest Georgia. Um, and worked with our state hospitals and our state office to get people services. And it could be kids, it could be adults, it could be, you know, any a person who had a severe and persistent mental illness, or it could be someone that was just, you know, struggling with anxiety and depression. And so in doing that over the last 16 years, my focus was really on suicide prevention and, and mental health awareness and education. And so I'm so glad, you know, we're doing this episode in May when it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, so I've got some things to share about um, what other folks can do during this month to recognize for themselves and for other people, um, how to, how to address this. Great. Um, you, before you do that, do yeah, you mind yeah. telling us that, I mean, that's such an impressive resume that you just uh, gave us here. A lot. It's a lot. No, it, it's, it's, I'm great. no spring chicken. So, you know, <laughs> well, our listeners can't see us, but you look like a spring chicken to me. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> um, can you tell us what your role is now with yeah. Extension? Yes. And I should have done that. Sorry. No, no. So, yeah. So in my work with with um, Department of Behavioral Health, um, back in 2018, we had uh, Hurricane Michael, and um, I had been working in the rural communities, obviously, because Southwest Georgia is mostly rural communities. But mm -hmm. when Hurricane Michael hit, that's when I started working with farmers and farm families and the agribusinesses, um, because a lot of farmers, you know, lost their their entire crop. Um, that year because of the hurricane. Uh, my dad is a farmer in South Georgia. He is in um, Calhoun County um, and Early County. And so he, um, you know, was kind of my go-to uh, when I was like, hey, do you think farmers would be, you know, would they want to talk about some of this stuff? And at first he was like, no, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and then, uh, so, so I got together with a group from UGA who said, hey, this would, why don't we, um, go to the production meetings where we have a captive audience of, of farmers. And so each of the ag agents in the counties around Georgia have um, what they call production meetings where the, the farmers, the producers, they could be, you know, it could be cattle farmers, it could be row crop farmers, it could be vegetable farmers, you know, you name it. They get together and they um, have a meal. It could be, it could be breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and they get uh, pesticide credits because a lot of them are using pesticides. And in order to keep their license, every three years, they have to have these credits. So you have a captive audience at that meeting. 
I, um, what I, what I would do is I would bring in the health department with me and we would do free blood pressure checks. And so as the producers and farmers would come in, we would say, Hey, do you want to get your blood pressure checked? And then after that, I would start to talk about stress. I don't walk into a farmer meeting and say, let's talk about mental health. No, you'd see that not going over. (laughs) They would be like negative. So, um, so I usually, and I make it fun. Um, and, and, but it does, it can get heavy a little bit, you know, depending on the group and these are large groups. So I think the smallest group I've ever done was about 35. Um, the largest has been about 150. So this is, um, on average, there's about 60 to 70 in a room. And, um, we started with three counties in 2019, um, with the pandemic, we had to take a couple of years off then in 20, um, 22, we expanded it to six counties. And then this year, um, we've expanded it to 11 counties. And so all of this to say, I started doing this work with this, with the UG extension group. And I started doing a lot of research and um, with other states and how they are, um, how they're addressing this in their, you know, in their state. And I found the Midwestern states are doing a really good job, Minnesota, particularly with Ted Matthews and some other states. And so, um, I basically went back to UGA and said, this is how they're doing it. And basically what they're doing is they're hiring somebody like me and and whether through extension or through the department of agriculture, which is funded through the legislature. So, you know, I said at at some point, you know, our state is going to, to do this. um, And uh, if, and if you create it, I will apply because I've been doing it and I would like to continue doing it and make it my, you know, my job and what, what I do. um, And I get to do it. I don't have to do it. I, I try to, you know, I, it's, it's fun for me to do this and, and I get, it's rewarding. And, um, so, so I'm addressing, um, you know, farmers and agribusinesses and doing this full-time now. Um, and, and, uh, I'm available to farmers, um, you know, in the past two weeks, just to let you know, I've had several farmers reach out to me who are struggling and, um, at first, you know, everybody was like, is, are the farmers going to want to do this? they didn't think that they would, that they would be receptive to talking to somebody about, it's okay to talk about stress, but when you get a little bit deeper and you start talking about, you know, mental health, but they're willing and, and ready. And so I asked one of the ag agents in the last couple of weeks, why do you think, is it a full moon? Like, why am I getting more calls? And it's, you know, it's a stressful time right now because everybody's planting and trying to get stuff in the ground. So they're out there from sunup to sundown sometimes, you know, even to 11 o'clock at night. And so it's a really stressful time right now for a lot of farmers. Um, I'm sure that you're going to share about this resource in a little bit, but I was just poking around, looking at things, um, preparing for our interview. And I found the thriving on the farm little. The blog. Yeah. blog. Yeah. Dr. Shyett's blog. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, one of her most recent well, for March, but one of our most recent posts is about um, being stronger together and just the fact, just having someone to talk to yep, can help. Well, actually that was a different, that was, that was a different one I read too, where she, cause it, I remember she talked about her blood pressure was so high and she didn't realize it. And then she just talked to her doctor about what was going on in her life. And then suddenly her blood pressure went down. And so I just, just, just you being there for folks to call and talk to is probably just that little thing making a difference, right? It's- right. One of the things we know is that isolation is killing people. And so, you know, uh, the key thing, my, my, my takeaway message, no matter who I'm talking to or what I'm talking about is how do we connect? How do we connect with one another? Because that keeps people, I mean, as, as humans, as a society, we're born and bred to, to, to connect. And I think with COVID, we had a lot of people, you know, in isolation and not being able to, to do the normal things that they would do to connect with other people. And so we saw a lot of people during that, when people were working from home and doing all that stuff, we saw, um, people's blood pressure go up. We saw more heart attacks. We saw, you know, the physical things, but we also saw more emotional and mental um, struggles during that time as well. Yeah. I think you've answered this, but I'm still going to ask you. Okay. (laughs) Um, uh, Why do you feel that, that your work and the work that others are doing with rural and farm mental health is important? 
Well, like um, you mentioned, Dr. Shayette, she's got the blog, but we've got a lot of research and she's um, leading the way with some other researchers as well. Dr. Christina Proctor, who is with UGA's um, Public Health. We've got some folks at Mercer. And one of the things that all of their research is showing us is that um, farmers are struggling right now. Um, farm families are, you know, and not just farmers, but folks who live in rural areas are having a really hard time. And um, and it's for a variety of reasons. And so uh, to me, the fact that UGA, so when I, I'll just give you an example. I was at one of the production meetings this year and a, a farmer, he was probably close to 60, maybe 62-ish, he came up to me and he said, I never in a million years thought I'd be at a UGA production meeting and talk about stress and mental health. Like the fact that you even asked me or asked the group to say, hey, what's going, how do you feel? What's going on with you? You know, what do you do to address that? He's like, that just, the fact that you even asked me, he's, he was, he got, he got a little teary and a little emotional because he's like, I just never, never expected to come to one of these meetings and, and this be something we would talk about and that, that you care enough to ask. And yeah. so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and, and the fact that I am, you know, I've kept up some, you know, little data um, points. And one of the things I've noticed is over, you know, since I started doing this in 2019 to now, I, the number of people that are willing to talk to me either after the meeting or call me later, that number is increasing. As they're more comfortable with you, but yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Okay. Now, are there some resources that you can share that might benefit our listeners um, or people that they know? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that, um, so if, so let me start with kind of the deep end. If somebody is in crisis and needs help, like right away, I would um, recommend calling 988. 988 is the, the um, mental health and suicide crisis line. It is, um, fun, it's funded by DBHDD and it is run by the Georgia Crisis and Access Line. There's a 1-800 number you can call, but you can just call 988. It's just the easiest way to remember that. So that is if somebody was, you know, needing uh, one of the mobile crisis teams. So every part of our state has what's called a mobile crisis team and they can come to where you are. So the person doesn't have to go to an emergency room or to a mental health clinic. If they need help right away, you can call 988 and somebody can come to you, whether you're at your house or you're at the grocery store or you know, you're on the side of the road. It doesn't matter where you are in the state of Georgia. Their response time is typically less than um, 60 minutes, um, depending. And if they're going to be longer than that, they'll let you know. But if it's, you know, if it's a real crisis, you can, you can um, call 911 if there's like a weapon involved or something like that. But if it's, if it's a mental health or suicidal crisis, I would call 988. Otherwise, even in, I'm sorry, but even in our rural counties that are, you know, communities are spread out so far yeah. away from one another, even there, that's, yeah, that's a, that, I, I did not know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In Southwest Georgia, um, the, the mobile crisis teams response times are a little under the 60 minutes, you know, um, so yeah, they're, they're hitting their mark. So um, yeah, it's, it's really good. And they do follow up too. So they, they make sure everything's okay. And then within 24 to 48 hours, they're following up to see what, you know, what the next steps are, or if, or if they made a referral for the person to go to a mental health clinic, did they go and how, you know, cause sometimes people say in the moment, sure, tomorrow I'll go. And then they won't. Right. And so they do that follow up to get them to that next step. So that's wow. cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be like in a more extreme, you know, need, but if you're just needing um, to get mental health services, you can always um, find your local mental health clinic. And if you could go to the DBHDD website and you can Google the Department of Behavioral Health in Georgia, they have a map of the state and you can find your county. And once you find your county on that map, um, you can find the community service board, which is the mental health provider that is in your area. And that's for people, whether you have insurance or not. And to me, you know, um, that is a very quick and easy way for you to, to find somebody locally in your county. Um, and uh, 
that serves, you know, whether rural or urban. Um, and then there's all kinds of other private providers that you could look for. You know, if you have insurance and you want to call your insurance carrier to find out who they would recommend because they might be in network or out of network. But, um, but yeah, so those are, those are a couple of things that I would do if I were um, thinking I might need to talk to somebody a little bit more in depth or, or, you know, kind of check in with somebody, but then there's like other things you can do too. Go ahead. You're going to ask a question. Well, I was going to say, what if just a random scenario, what if I'm, and this is more extension related, what if I'm, um, I have a family member who is, is a farmer say, Mm -hmm. and, and I see that they're struggling. Maybe, I don't know, something's not there's not a lower crop yield or, or they're just out there working or, you know, I just have, I've recognized something, not me personally, but whatever. Right, right. Sure, sure. And maybe that person doesn't have a relationship with their local extension agent. Maybe they're a smaller farmer, you know, whatever. What if, if, if that person, if I know that that person has the mindset that they'd be more, they're not going to call one of these resources that because just they're just like the folks in the production meetings that you're talking about yeah. they haven't seen you yet or they haven't been in yeah. a production meeting where you, where you're there and they're there they don't know to ask their ag agent about things like that but is, is that what we would is that what I mean how would you suggest so what I do so this has happened this happens a lot so I'm glad you asked the question so a lot of times I'll get um, contacted by um, maybe it is the agent and they recognize something's going on with a particular farmer and they say, hey, you know, I don't know what to do, but I, I can tell this person is struggling and I know I'm not equipped for that. You know, what, what do you think I should do? So I, I give them a couple of scenarios. Number one, I tell them you can um, ask them if they want to talk to somebody. And if they do, um, ask them if it's OK to for them to call me or give me their number and I'll call them. That happened last week. I had an ag agent who gave me a farmer's phone number told the farmer, so I didn't cold call the farmer, hey, I'm going to have Miss Jennifer call you if that's okay. And I never know when that happens, how they're going to receive me. This guy, I ended up being on the phone with him for an hour and a half. We both cried. He's going through a lot of stuff. You know, um, he doesn't have a relationship with any therapy kind of person in his area. Um, So I asked him, do you want me to connect you to somebody in your, you know, So that's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do is farmers trust other farmers, right? That's who they trust. And so when I go into meetings, I usually have a couple of farmers that I talk to in advance that I know are going to support the message I'm trying to send. So sometimes if I talk to a farmer and I can tell that they're not going to want to listen to, they're not going to want to take my advice, you know, um, for whatever reason. I will say, hey, I have this farmer guy that I talked to. His name's Chris, and he's been through some of the stuff, maybe financial stuff, maybe it's a divorce, maybe it's the death of a spouse, you know, whatever. And I'm just putting in the name Chris, but you know, would you would you be willing to talk to him? Because that peer-to-peer network um, we have found in um, in mental health works really well with people that are struggling and. Farmers are no exception to that. They trust other farmers. So usually they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll talk to Chris. Yeah, I met him one time at a Cattlemen's Association meeting or whatever it was. And so so maybe if Chris makes the suggestion, would you be willing to talk to somebody they're more willing to listen? Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing. Um, And then another thing, uh, another person that farmers trust uh, there's a couple of people we found, um, but they trust their spouses. So a lot of times getting this information to their spouses um, is, is really helpful because they can convince them to, to, to talk to somebody or maybe seek treatment. And then just primary care doctors too, you know, because a lot of times the farmer may not see, you know, um, interact with a lot of people in their community, but they go to the doctor at least once a year. Sometimes, and Maybe. sometimes though, some <laughs> don't. <Yeah. laughs> so we're, you know, yeah. And, and when I bring in the, the health departments to do the blood pressure check, some farmers come in, I was at the doctor yesterday and I had mine checked. I don't need it checked again. And I'm like, just humor me, you know? And then um, some are like, I haven't been, you know, to the doctor in like four years because, because I'm scared of what it's going to, you know, what they're going <laughs> to say. And so, yeah. So just um, finding who their trusted um, resources are and, arming them with the information they need all right great now 
you kind of covered some stuff, but I do want to ask you, um, how do you think that we can be better with, with our friends, our family, or even just acquaintances, whoever, uh, that are experiencing increased stressors and what are, what can we do to encourage them? Well, one, how can we recognize that in people? And then two, if we do, what can we do to encourage them to, to seek help or to, to help themselves or, or. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's- it does. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you started the, the, our conversation about May being Mental Health Awareness Month and each week in May has a theme. And the first week's theme was spreading acceptance and support, which I feel like we're doing just by, by virtue of having this conversation. And the second week, um, which is this week, um, is uh, self-care and focusing on strategies for managing, you know, your self-care. And one of the things I try to remind people is you can't pour from an empty cup, you know. So sometimes when I use the word self-care, people think about like going to the gym or going to get their nails done or, or whatever. But when I ask people, what does self-care look like to them and, and how do they manage their stress? I get lots of responses because I ask this at pretty much every meeting I go to. And so, you know, um, uh, people give me responses like, uh, well, I'll give you, the, uh, so for farmers, when I ask them, what do you do to take care of yourself? Um, well, let me ask you, Carrie, what do you do to take care of yourself? Well, I, I do exercise. Um, okay. Dr. Dr. Allison Penn had us, re- which I, I thought that was mine anyway, but Dr. Allison Penn, who's the yeah College of Facts um, Extension Director, had us all read a book, and I cannot remember the name of it, but this was right, I think it was in 2020, so it was during pandemic stress and she yeah every agent read this book that goes through all these different scenarios of kind of self-care for yourself but you answer this questionnaire about who Mm -hmm. you are and 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 what's important to you and what makes you feel better and then it it came up with these like there were answers at the end of this is the thing for you this is what will make you feel better and I wish I could remember out listeners I will figure out what it was and I'll post it <laughs> on our Facebook page. I'm sorry. I don't know yeah. what it is right now. Cause I'm going to look for it when you post it. it. Yeah, it know. was, it was really, you know, always with me, it's like, Oh, why is work making me read a book? I, I do not have time, <laughs> but so I found the time to read this book and I'm glad I did because it did confirm that for me, exercise is, is the thing that, that gives me a long time, which I'm introverted. So I need that alone time. So I'm able to kind of disconnect and just okay. recharge. And so that is the thing that I make sure that I, um, do well, that comes up my mental health. Yeah. Yeah. So that comes up about half the time in my farmer meetings, about half the time, 50% of the time, somebody will say exercise. And I always love it because I can say, gosh, you know, that is, um, the best form of stress relief. It's the most effective. It's the least used, but I'm glad people recognize it. And, you know, that sort of thing. Um, the other things people say, um, that they do for themselves is, um, they pray. And um, sometimes they say they drink <laughs> and sometimes they say <laughs> sometimes things I do that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they say things like um, uh, make babies. Um, <laughs> usually it's the 85 year old in the room that says that, <laughs> which gets the crowd going a little bit, um, you know, but th- people have different ways of managing their self-care and their stress relief. Um, so one of the things I try to remind people and what I feel like my job is, is to teach them other things that they may not think about. So sometimes they talk about meditation, but maybe not in that word. You know, they might talk about going hunting or fishing or just the quietness of being out, you know, in a deer stand or turkey hunting has um, been going on lately in my neck of the woods. So just being in the woods, you know, doing those kinds of things, sitting on a, sitting on a John boat fishing, you know, it's real quiet. They just can think, um, sometimes people say things like they work more, they pour themselves back into work. So, which that is, um, uh, I'm hearing that a lot more, which I think is interesting, but I try to remind people it's, you've got to fill your cup up because, you know, you can't pour from the empty cup. So I try to find other ways of like deep breathing. I, I share the box breathing that the Navy SEALs use. So if anybody wants to Google box breathing, it's a very simple, quick technique you can do just to take deep breaths. Um, and it just helps kind of focus your mind. Um, I also like to do things like this, this podcast where I'm sharing information with other people. For me, that's self-care because I feel like I'm helping other people. And that makes me 
feel good when I help other people. You know, now I do joke that in my off time, um, I listen to murder podcasts. Oh, <laughs> and people are like, that doesn't, said that. <laughs> that does not seem like it's the stress <laughs> relief. Now, I will say I found that I like the ones where there is closure. And they find the bad guy because uh, the ones where it's like the unsolved mysteries, I listen to it, but I'm very frustrated because you never stop thinking about it because I'm like, what happened? You know, <laughs> what, what is the answer? And so um, I really like the ones where there's justice involved and like the bad guy is held accountable. Um, but I also have a, a acronym I, I use. It's called SEEM, S-E-E-M. And it's just, you know, are you getting S is for sleep? Are you getting enough sleep? And Dr. Shayette actually wrote one of her blog posts about, you know, sleep just isn't for babies. Um, we all need to get good sleep. Mm-hmm. The first E is exercise. Are you are you moving your body each day? Um, the second E is eating. Are you eating nutritional foods? Are you hydrating appropriately? That's one thing I talk to farmers a lot about is hydrating, you know, because they, they could be out in the field all the day and maybe they forget to take, you know, extra water or something with them. Mm-hmm. And then the, the M and same is for mindfulness. Um, are you focused on the present moment without judging your thoughts? So a lot of people will get really focused in their mindfulness and they'll, but, but then they start to kind of judge themselves about, you know, whatever it is they're thinking about. So, so those are um, some things that are, you know, I just try to remind people that they can, you know, easily do, it doesn't cost any money and, um, you know, doesn't involve going to, to see a therapist, but, um, but they can start small. I think too, and I know we've already talked about it, but I I just want to plug this in there again, having someone, it doesn't have to be a professional, but just having like having, I have a girlfriend that if I can just spend time with her, I feel better afterward or even my husband, even my husband, (laughs) (laughs) poor Jeff, (laughs) if I could spend some time with Jeff, you know, spending time with people that that you love and that you know care about you and and then Dr. Shiat's um post mentioned too that you talking to them gives them the chance to talk to you too so you may That's be right. helping them in a way that you don't don't realize that you are so just that and I remember being when Jeff and I were first engaged we were living at the in the Lake Oconee area and I was like oh I'm just gonna be a bride I'm not gonna do and I'm not gonna work for a few months and get ready for our wedding but we had moved to we weren't from the Lake Oconee area, we had moved there and we lived in this little house on like a little leg of the lake, um, 30 minutes away from anything or anybody. And I didn't know anyone. So I spent a lot of time alone. And that was, that was really a hard time in my life, which should have been like this happy season. But, and he finally recognized that he came home from work one day and was like, you got to get dressed and we got to go somewhere now. (laughs) And then I felt just recharged and so much better just from having that quality time, just talking about whatever so well I mean you um, know recognizing when when the person that you care about is is like drops off uh, social media you know those are kind of things that you can pay attention to when they are you know saying things sometimes that you're it, it just you know, I, I tell people to trust their spidey senses so if you're talking to somebody and something feels off about what they're saying you know trust that and just ask them you know hey are you all at a minimum you can just say are you okay you know, what's, how, how are things going with you? And that can open up lots of opportunities. Um, I, I go back to that connectivity. So I'm so glad you brought that up again, because I think connection is what people need. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and you don't have to, you can connect with a, with a stranger sometimes. Yeah, that is so, true. Yeah. That's a good point. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. And then finally, um, could you share, you've done some great things here, but still, if you, if you could share one piece of advice, um, with us about keeping up with our own health, our own mental health, especially what would that, like, if, if, if this were, this was, I guess if like your little elevator speech. Yeah, I don't, I wish I had a magic bullet. I wish I had a <laughs> magic saying, but to me, it, again, just, and I can't say it enough, connecting with someone, finding that person. So when somebody calls me and they want to talk, I usually ask them, have you talked to somebody in the past about this? You know, a brother, a father, a preacher, a neighbor, a friend. And then the, my next question is, is, was that helpful? Because sometimes they're like, yeah, I talked to my friend Casey and um, it was awesome. She was really, really helpful to me. And sometimes they say, but I talked to my other friend and it, you know, 
they just wanted to fix my problem but you know <laughs> they didn't want to help me right. and so um so just finding the person that is helpful to you and and connecting with that person sending people you know that one thing i do remind people um a lot is you know it can you can just send somebody a text and be like hey you, you were on my mind today you know just thinking about you or i care about you or it can be just a simple you know what's up <laughs> you know just to know that you're on somebody's mind and that you're reaching out. Yeah. So reaching out to me is my message. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank yeah. you, Jennifer. I really yeah. appreciate it. This yeah. Is, this has been um really informative and and just a fun conversation. Absolutely. If that's a if that's an appropriate thing to say about this. this yes. Yeah. It yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well if people want to if, if people want more information or if they want to reach out to you or, or someone that works with you, how could they do that? They sure can. They can um, email me. It's jennifer.dunn at uga.edu. They can um, find our Thriving on the um, Farm blog. You can Google that and find it. Um, I'm going to guest write a couple of articles for Dr. Shayette. So um, you can look out for those. Her her articles are amazing. Um, are. And you can yeah, they really are. And then you can, um, and you can go to just your UGA extension. Um, you can for your County and connect with your fax agent or your ag agent or your 4-H agent, and they can connect you with me or any other of these resources that we shared today. Right. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate yes, you being on. Thank you. Leslie, I don't think that my interview skills are as good as yours. I don't think that, I mean, I, I the subject was certainly great, but I know that you and Wade had such a wonderful interview at the last episode, but I hope that the listeners enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed uh, my sure time with Jennifer Dunn just now because she really had a lot of great resources to share and a lot of um, important things for us to learn about. And she's just so interesting in her role with Extension and with rural mental health is really exciting to me mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. I hope that y'all learned something from that I'm sure they did and for mental health awareness month please share this episode share it with friends and families and uh let's help them become aware of mental health awareness yes because I think Leslie have we said this before but um just listening to our podcast should be part of your like this could be a part of your relaxation yes <laughs> For we sure. contribute to your everyday mental health for sure at least once a month at least at least <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> we All hope right. you guys enjoyed yes and um we'll see y'all in june all right see you next time bye, bye. Thanks for listening to Two Agents and the Facts. We will drop new episodes every second Monday of the month. Find us on your favorite podcast app and follow us on Facebook. The University of Georgia is an equal opportunity, affirmative action, veteran disability institution.